0: hello hi john
1: oh hi dan how are you i'm well thank you how are you i'm doing just fine doing fine it's been a long time since i uh talked to you and i've uh dan frankly i've missed you i missed you too you've been you've been gone you've been traveling the world on a boat i have i've been all over i've been up and down i've been all around for the benefit of mr kite i have (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> uh yeah, being being for the benefit of him. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I have I have been all around. So well, welcome back.
0: Are you safely ensconced in your uh basement studio?
1: Uh, well it's not a basement. It's always been in a wing of my house. Oh, of course. Uh I am ensconced, however, uh I'm selling my house. Things are moving ahead rather quickly, and so I would not say I was Comfortably ensconced, I would say. Be, I'm ensconced in a way that is pretty stressful. But there it is. Nothing good happens if you don't break some eggs.
0: So when you say you're, you're selling your house, that could mean one of two things the way I hear it. It could mean that you are in the process of selling your house or that the house, you have a contract on it and you're moving forward with that.
1: No, that is not yet the case. Okay, so when, okay. while I was on the JoCo cruise recently, uh, the realtors who have, who were the same realtors that sold my mother's house and then the same realtors that sold my daughter's mother's house, uh, now are selling my house. So they are somewhat trusted friends. And so while I was on the cruise, they came into my house and they. Uh, they staged my house. Oh yeah, with my own things. So a lot of the time, in the past, I've seen a lot of houses put on the market, including by these two realtors, where they're staged with weird furniture from, uh, I don't know where some group of furniture that they used to stage. I was flattered that they wanted to stage my house with my own furniture and my own artwork on the walls. Oh, yeah. I think that's because I'm a hipster and they are trying to sell to hipsters. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, oh, the snowshoes above the fireplace are amazing. And I was like, really? Why, thank you. (laughs) Uh, And then I had a long, boring story about how those were my dad's snowshoes and how I used to. And they were just like their eyes glazed over immediately. But they did like them. Uh, so, anyway, they've staged my house, which means that I'm living in my own home with my own things, but it is unnaturally staged as, like, a set, you know? In other words, uh, like just,
0: just like being married.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. If I were married, this is what my house would look like. Yes, there would welcome, be no welcome to my world. Yeah, it's very strange. There's no robots. Uh, there's no... <laughs> There's no candlesticks, uh, like my dad's ashes aren't under the piano anymore. So I have no, I have no way of knowing whether he is, he's playing along or not. Uh. Anyway, a lot of this stuff got moved into my studio. And now part of my stress is that they, I just got a phone with the realtor and they're like, how's it going getting all that stuff out of your studio? And. Honestly, it's not going that well. I'm, that's hard to get the stuff out of here. uh, Because I have to break the whole studio down and rebuild it somewhere that I can continue to broadcast. Yeah. Meanwhile, Dan, on the other side of town, there's a house that I really want. It's a house that came on the market last year. And as soon as I saw it, I don't know if I've talked to you about this. But as soon as I saw it, I was like, that's the house.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you knew. You
1: knew in your bones that that was the right one. Yeah. And I went over there and I toured the house. I talked to the owners who were in their 90s. They said they built the house, uh, an architect-designed house. They built it in the 50s. They've lived there their whole lives. Now they're in their 90s. They want to go somewhere else. And I was like, well, let me tell you. 90 year olds, this is the house for me, but unfortunately I can't buy it right now. And they were like, we don't care. And they sold it to somebody else. And mm. then that person who had, who bought the house thinking they were going to work at somewhere.com. hmm Then realized a, for some reason they could not work at somewhere.com. Mm-hmm. And so they put the house back on the market. Now, they'd already bought it. It, It's not like they reneged. It's that they just put it on the market for sale again four months later. And so I had to watch the house get sold a second time.
0: Yeah, that's frustrating.
1: Right in front of me. Terrible. So over the last several months, I have gone by the house on a weekly basis. And it's very clear that no one is living there. And so I contacted the owner and I said, look, you bought this house. You're not living there. The person that bought it before you never lived there. Why don't you sell it to me? And the guy's a dick and his real estate agent is a dick. And so they want to charge me a lot more than they paid for it. Sure. And they're just dicks. You can just tell. It sounds like it. Just like you guys are dicks. And so my instinct is I don't want to deal with dicks and I don't want to pay a lot more than they paid. And I don't, you know, it's all this kind of thing, but I feel like even at the inflated price, the house is worth it. And it's just clearly like my house. So I contacted my real estate agent today and said, make an offer on that house. Contingent on me selling my house, all that dumb stuff, but like, let's move. So, all of this is just happening really fast. The bank was like, We will loan you half the money you need, and which is the best I'm going to get. Yeah. Being like a professional podcaster and musician. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so everything is happening. A week from now, it could a week from now my house could have a, a for sale sign out in front of it and the dick and his dicky real estate agent could be like okay we accept your offer or i don't know who knows or they could say no we're dicks we're going to we're we're not going to deal with you just because and my house could languish on the market although it won't cuz my house is very sexy and even with the snowshoes over the mantle like some young hipster couple They're going to ask, here's what's going to happen
0: is they're going to come and they're going to say, you know what, John, we we want this house. We don't just want the
1: house. We want everything in it just the way you have it. Some of the stuff I would say, you know what? Fine. Keep the dining room table and chairs. Keep the couch. You could even keep the chairs. You could keep the piano, frankly. Even though my family has had that piano since I was a kid, I feel like, you know, let go, let God. Aloha. <laughs> uh-huh. But on the other hand, you can't have the snowshoes. Right. No, those yeah. are going. Yeah. And you can't have the American flag that I made in 1976 when I was in second grade. The, with flag, the flag does not convey. No, it, absolutely not. I glued those stripes on myself with Elmer's glue. Um, so you know what I mean? Like they could have this little drum kit in here. I don't care. Take it. Uh, but they can't have like, yeah, it's really just artwork that they can't have. Maybe who knows? I mean, you know what, if they're hipster enough, if they come in and he's wearing Stan Smith's and she's got her hair in a kerchief and they're both wearing overalls and he's carrying a banjo under his arm and I'm just like, okay, you know what? You guys need help move into my house and you'll see what true hipsterdom feels like and they'll be like oh we were millenniums we didn't even know how how deep it could go they can't have my dad's ashes they're not gonna want them they no, could i keep, mean that would be bizarre yeah they could keep the like tin type photograph of me that somebody made a couple of years ago that i've always felt like it's weird to kind of display a picture of yourself They could have it if they want it, put it on their wall and be like, guess who used to own this house? King of the hipsters. Uh That's right. And one of the houses that I sold, we
0: had pretty much that situation where the people, they fell in love with the house because we had, we had staged it all ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we kind of knew that like, so there would be someone who would like this particular style and they would come in and they would get them, and they would be like thrilled to have it. Yeah. And they were, and we were doing a for sale by owner on it, and like they oh. walked in, and it was like the second people that came in, and they loved it so much that they did. They're like, we want the, you, we want all of your furniture, all <laughs> of it. Yes. And I was like, yeah. And and my wife's like, no, 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 no. We can't give them everything. Like can't we like really? Because I don't want to move anything. And we wound up giving them like more than half of our, of our furniture. And they, you know, they, they loved it. They were happy to get it. I was glad to not have to move it. I hated it. I was like, this stuff sucks. Like the desk that I used to have, like my wife had picked out the desk because it looked good. Not because it was like functional. And then I was working from home at this time. Right, and I hated that desk, dude, I hated it, and I was so glad to see it go, but you know it worked I mean it 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 state we'd staged the house. How many houses have you sold, Dan? Let me think one, two three four now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. four,
1: yeah, this will be the first house I've sold. I've only bought one house, and i've and now I'm preparing to sell one and buy another, so. I'm expanding my knowledge of this game on an hourly basis. I know more now than I ever did. Uh, but you know, it's also like just excruciating. I don't like any part of it. Uh, but it's what you do. It's what you do. And honestly, like I said, I said, uh, how long long have you been in the house? I've been here 12 years. See, I think that's
0: a, that's a great amount of time to be in a house. And I think, At this rate, you'll probably be in your next one, I
1: would guess, even longer, right? Don't know. Don't know. I went also this morning, the reason I was late uh, to talk to you, which, you know, the viewers, the listeners cannot possibly know. Um, But I went and toured a Montessori school. Oh, yeah. So I've had, you know, I've had friends in Montessori Uh, for many years, we, my sister's sort of Alaskan best pal is a Montessori booster and teacher. And it just, we, there was never, there was never convenient Montessori for us. Right. So we were just like, well, but, uh, but now there is convenient Montessori. It would be convenient to my new house. Do you think John that everybody listening knows what a Montessori school is? Well, Dan, honestly, I don't really know what a Montessori school is, but I do know more about it now than I did before. Yeah. A Montessori school, in my understanding, is Montessori is a concept of education. Right. And uh, the school would be where that concept of education was practiced. Right. It's uh, like open plan classrooms. Yeah. It's very tactile. It's very, um, it's very work at your own pace. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my daughter is self-directed and she is.
0: I do think she'd be, she'd be perfect for a Montessori. Well, the way I understand Montessori is that it, it it's based on the presupposition that children are, na- they will, they naturally are, are craving experience and, and naturally seeking knowledge. Right. And that if you give them a learning environment that is very open, that is, uh, nurturing and supportive and all of that, uh, that they will naturally want to learn. And it's almost like if you gave kids a big playroom where the toys were all educational and a little bit, maybe more structured, and you said, yeah, you know, you're here to learn stuff. We don't have math hour, but we're going to do some math. We don't have like an English test, but you're going to learn to read and write, you know, and you'll do it in a way that's like fun. And then they mix all the ages together. So you can have like three-year-olds all the way up through six-year-olds. Usually it's like three to six, six to nine, nine to 12, like groups in one class. And then they have... um Like, like instead of instructing them, you will learn this, this way. It's more like, here's some stuff that'll teach you this thing. And maybe you want to do that now if you're feeling like it. And, um, and then the teachers there are supposed to be like really good at observing children and learning how the child is going to learn and then providing that child with the best stuff to learn the way that child learns. Needless to say, neither of my kids are in a Montessori
1: school and neither of them would, uh, I think, do well in that environment. <laughs> well, uh, I think that, uh, that my little babe would do well. I think would she do would well do great. There. I think she would be great in that. I nominate her for that. Yeah. And I, uh, I know some people already there. I feel like, um, I had a good conversation with everybody this morning. You know, I, what's funny is, I, uh, I dropped her off at school and I knew I was driving by the Montessori school on my way here to talk to you. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to drop in. Now, I know that a lot of people in the world don't like people dropping in, but uh, I'm a dropper in and I'm just going to pop in there. And if they say, yeah, you need to make an appointment, then I will accept that. And I will say, okay, I'm going to go make an appointment. But if they're, if they're more like, Hey, drop, you dropped right in. All right. Let's see what we can do. Then we'll be, then we'll do that. And so I walk in the door and the principal is standing there. He he had to open the door for me right. and uh, he opened the door and he said, we keep the door locked to keep the riffraff out because he's a funny guy. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, that's me. And he kind of <laughs> looked at me surprised for a second. And then he was like, he, then he got my joke and he was like, ha ha. And I was like, I know, right? <laughs> and, and he said, are you here for the tour? And I was like, the tour? Yes, I am. And he was like, great. Fill out this form. And then. He directed me over to some chairs and I realized they were giving tours to prospective parents because the Ah. application deadline for this school is next Friday. And I was, and I just like tried to play it off. Like, yes, I am here for the scheduled tour. And they were like, great. And so they, they were already set up to give me a tour all around the school. And I went and I saw every
0: classroom. I talked nice. to every teacher. Was it a, Is it a smaller school or a bigger school than the one she's in?
1: It's smaller than right, the one Right, that makes sense. And uh, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the experience. I liked everybody that I met. Uh, a little girl came up to me, a little like eight-year-old girl, and said at one point, would you like a cup of tea? Ah. Uh-huh. And I said, yes. <laughs> what and I so, ever... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so she went over and turned on the teapot and made me some tea and brought me the tea, and I was like, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, little tea-making girl. Right. And she was like, no problem. Let me know if you need more. So, you know, that's not something that you're going to find at public school. Maybe it's just, maybe the little tea-making girl is just some kind of, uh, just some kind of thing that they do where they're like, Hey, hey, every time a parent comes, uh, we'll get one of these uh, kids to make them some tea. And the parent will think like, wow, I wish my kid knew how to make tea. You know what I mean? Like maybe it might be, a, it might be one of these lost leaders, but it, I, but I don't think so. I think that it's from all appearances. It seems like learning to make tea is actually one of the, one of the many ways that they are taught to do things, you know, like my kid, it's a skill. It's a life skill. It's a life skill. And and my little girl, if you were like, go make me a cup of tea, she would be absolutely dumbfounded. Like the cup of tea, where would one even begin? And that's not because she's not capable of making a cup of tea. It's just that, I never came up in conversation, I guess, like, hey, should you learn to make tea? It's the type of thing that they would teach you in Montessori.
0: Anyway. We would like to say thanks very much to Robinhood. It's an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. Other brokerages, they charge up to $10 for every trade. Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees, so you can trade stocks and keep all your profits. Plus... There's no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. You can view easy-to-understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. How about that? You can also view stock collections, such as like 100 Most Popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio, discover new stocks, Track your favorite companies, get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of Roadwork a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Pretty cool. Sign up at roadwork.robinhood.com. One more time, it's roadwork.robinhood.com. Thanks very much to Robinhood for making this show possible.
1: Uh, so that's what I did this morning. I talked to the realtor. I talked to uh, people in a school. Everything's up in the air, Dan. It's crazy times over here. You know, it used to be that the only question was, like, how am I going to stay off drugs this week? Mm. And now it's like, ah, uh, I got to clean out all this stuff out of here because maybe a month from now, some kids uh, with the overalls and a mustache are going to be living in here. That's right. It won't even be your house anymore. Yeah. And if that's true, I I want them. I'm, I, I already love them. I already feel like he needs to understand that the banjo was 2015 and it's time to move up to an actual guitar. I'll even leave one here. There you go. Um, and then who knows a month from now, I could be living in another house where I have a whole new set of problems, a whole new set of house questions. I thought about this. So a lot of the houses in this neighborhood that I'm trying to move into, they're Mm -hmm. owned by olds. Yeah. Because this neighborhood was built in the fifties. It's all cool, cool, not all cool old houses, but there are quite a few. And a lot of the people that moved in there are like still living there, 90-year-olds. Yeah, why not? Well, so a lot of the bathrooms that I've seen in these houses have been slightly modified to accommodate the needs of someone in their 90s.
0: Like you're talking about rails and other things like that. Yeah.
1: Showers. 90-year-olds do not typically want to climb in and out of a bathtub. Right. And as you know, I'm a bath person. Yeah. Yeah. So I was looking at the bathroom in the master bedroom of this house and there's no bathtub. It's a shower. This is this,
0: John, I just want to say this is probably
1: like a deal breaker for you, right? Well, so, but I'm also like home handyman guy. Like there's nothing that I would like more than to rip out an old bathroom and do, let's call it 87% of the work of installing a new bathroom. Mm. Now, what I'm not going to do is get like under the house and start moving pipes around. Right. But stuff like tile work and cabinetry and wallboard and this type of thing, that's all in my skill set. And electrical. E- Even electrical, except I would want that to meet, um, inspection standards and an inspector I think is going to look at my electrical work and say, Hmm, was this done <laughs> by an enthusiastic amateur? <laughs> so I think the finish electrical and the finish plumbing and all that stuff, I, I would hire professionals, but I'm not going to, this isn't one of those situations where I would go in into a bathroom And make a sweeping gesture with my hand and say, contractor, charge me 30 grand. You know, I would be more like, get in there, DIY. But as I looked at the bathroom, you know, I would have to do some tearing out. I think I would have to move a wall to really get what I needed in there. And then I realized... Because in the style of this mid-century modern, uh, this master bedroom has a door to the outside. Mm. Now, the room I'm sitting in, right now, my studio, also has a door to the outside. So I'm accustomed to, let's let's say, doors to the outside. I'm not I'm not living in a house that has a front door and a back door. No. I got other doors. Yeah. Now this house, the the one that is my dream house has one, two, three, four doors to the outside on the main floor Mm. and then another door uh, from the basement. So I realized, wait a minute, this is something that it never would occur to me to do. Why don't I just put a hot tub in the backyard, go out the back door get into the hot tub now all of this sounds very ambitious and it sounds expensive yeah it sounds very expensive to someone like me who has a very insecure income and over the last year i've been doing a lot of work that has not been compensated uh in terms of other podcasts that i do that have not paid very well or at all not this one not this one this one does this one does well um But I'm in a situation where the house that I'm living in has appreciated, right? I bought it at a reasonable price. It has appreciated because Seattle has exploded in price. Not necessarily in value. Seattle has gotten worse in value. Right. As a town because you can't get anywhere anymore and it's full of people with banjos. (laughs) Like deliverance. It's not like deliverance. No, it's like, I mean, that's kind with, of what I'm picturing is, you know, you're wandering in, you got the guy up in the tree. No, it's not that it's people that have like 14 different jars of moisturizer in their bathroom because they moisturize different parts of themselves with different products. You say that, that like it's a bad thing. Well, I don't personally, you gotta do be not, moist. You
0: got to stay moisturized, especially I, someone in your advanced age. Dan, I do not moisturize. I have never moisturized. What about... Well, you know, they also say that if you moisturize, that it can uh, cause your body to stop
1: moisturizing itself in some way, Ooh. too. So maybe
0: you're, maybe you're onto something
1: big. I don't want to moisturize because I feel like then my clothes cling to me in a weird way. Well, you don't... What do you, Wait, when you... Sh- I know you don't shave all the
0: time, but... No. You know, like when you shave, even if you're just shaving your neck... Yeah. Do you
1: use just aftershave? You don't moisturize that? When I shave my neck, I use a dry razor. I do not even use water. You mean an electric razor? No. You, a a dry no. Like disposable razor. No, no, no. That I get for $4 for a pack. No, of no, 10. you don't. You don't do that. I do, I'm afraid. Well, you don't do it anymore. I do, I'm afraid. Oh, I mean, you're af- saying after that after this, this, you're this you're conversation, not to. yeah, I'm not allowed to.
0: Oh. Well, I'm not giving you a rule. I'm saying what your, your, your reality will expand and you'll stop because of knowledge. So that's bad. It's bad. I, that's really so, bad for you. Do you cut yourself a lot? Does it chafe? No. Is it irritated? No, Really?
1: I've, well, I've discussed this before. That this is a technique I learned uh, in reading about the Vietnam War. That you don't want to use shaving cream because the Vietnam or the Vietnamese, or I'm sorry, the Viet Cong can smell the soap on you. But this isn't Nam. Well, Dan, various people have various Vietnams. Every time I <laughs> walk out the door, yours is your house in Seattle. <laughs> I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm on a mission in Vietnam every time I leave. <laughs> wow. Well. But also, having learned to shave in the Special Forces style, now I feel that it is, uh, it is part of the continuum of my autonomy from uh, modern softness. Okay, so wait, what is your,
0: what is your routine for, for shaving? No water. No. Uh, now, you no. have, you, just to be clear, you have water. There's uh, there running is, water in your house.
1: Water does run to my house.
0: And, and by the way, it takes 100% of my effort to say water, like water and not water, 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 because water. my natural way to say it is water. And this is one of the conditionings that I've done to myself to so other people
1: can tolerate me. It's not water, like W U D D E R. Yeah. It's, water. You say water now. I try to. Yeah. Water. Uh, I do have it, but here's my routine. I, every once in a while I will walk by the mirror. And I will say, oh, the, my beard has gone down my neck and up my cheeks too much. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to look wild. Starting. And so I need to, I need to tame it. Now, a lot of people that don't wear beards and a lot of people that don't grow beards may be surprised to learn that in order to have a beard that looks more or less like a normal beard, a lot of men need to do some maintenance on it. It's not just that a beard that looks like it's just growing naturally uh, necessarily is growing naturally that way. In no, the beards same are a way, lot of work. They're a lot of work. They are. In the same way that someone might uh, manipulate their eyebrow shape or other aspects of the hair that covers their body naturally, uh, my beard will go down my neck and up my cheeks in a way that makes me look like a crazy person. And so, I uh, I do a little bit of like trim down the top and trim up the bottom. And so, when I see that my face is getting crazy, I will grab a razor and without any forethought or planning, I just start chipping away at it uh. with this dry razor. start from the bottom. I shave up <laughs> on either side. And, you know. When you get to, what I do is I take it off a centimeter at a time. Because if you try and like go do the whole thing at once, it will pull and hurt. But if you just chip away at it, kind of like, uh, like loggers would take away a forest. You know, they don't just go in the middle and start chopping everything down. They start at the outside and they kind of work in. And then I start doing it when it gets, when the, my neck is like, okay, enough then I move up to my cheeks. Now, this is the sensitive part of your face, the cheek. Your neck is not sensitive? Oh, it's sensitive, but you know, my cheeks, particularly like the top of my mustache area, that little where your smile line is, that part of your face is even less excited about getting shaved with a dry disposable razor. But I say, toughen up. And I, and I start working down and then I go back to my neck and I work up and I do, it doesn't take as long as it sounds. It doesn't even take as long as it takes to describe, but I do, I do work at it pretty diligently. Um, and then my beard looks amazing and off I go. If I let it go for a long time. Then what I'll do is when I get out of the shower and my beard is wet and like my face is warmed up from the shower, Mm. then I'll do it then. And it's easier. It's easier. There's not as much sort of, uh, pain if my face has already been in the shower. Yeah. Um, and that's it. I mean, if I'm going to shave my entire face, uh that's an elaborate process i go over it with a disposable razor where i just kind of shave the top off and then i'll leave it alone for a while and then i'll go back and do it again and then do it again usually if i am taking off a whole beard with a disposable razor i will ruin one razor but you know they cost a dollar so i throw it away and i get the second one and eventually I will have chopped away enough of the beard that I can then actually begin to shave. It's my, a whole big
0: process. John, my hope is that no young, y- y- young bearded or potentially bearded people, young men, are listening to this. Because this is probably the worst shaving routine I've ever heard of in my whole life. And I feel it's harmful to you and, and, and you could be doing so much better for yourself and you deserve it. You deserve to have a better routine than this. This is just, it's barbaric. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 uh, I I would even put it a step below Crocodile Dundee shaving with
1: his, uh, with his knife and a, you know, on the, in a river. Yeah. I mean it's uh, it's um what do you call it? I'm self-taught. Let's call it that.
0: Yeah, but I think you could make some subtle tweaks that would really like why why not why not use water and
1: some shaving cream. Well, shaving cream as soon as you buy shaving or a, shaving cream, or a gel or a anything yeah, you're then you're in hawk to big cream. Like it like big pharma. <laughs>
0: Yeah. They you could you can use a lot of other things besides that then you could use there's a lot of uh like ho, ho- hobo oil or something that you could yeah, use. Yeah hobo instead. but then
1: you're then you're then you're in, in hawk to big hobo oil. I mean I try the only things that I'm really in hawk to are I buy dairy gold. Do you um, use underarm deodorant or antiperspirant? Oh ugh. No gross. Ugh. What does that stuff do?
0: It's nothing good, but it keeps you from from stinking. Or are you imperv you just you believe you don't have any odors at all that you want to mask or you want don't want to mask them?
1: If I don't if I do a lot of hard work out in the yard and I don't take a shower, yeah. There's an inexplicable smell that comes out of me that smells like weed. I smell like marijuana for some reason. And it's either that's all it's built up in your system from whatever 20 years ago. Yeah, 20 plus years ago yeah. there's still so much weed in my body that it comes out in the form of sweat.
0: <laughs> you're sweating it out. But I have it's I like mean, you're going into a Native American sweat lodge when you exercise yeah. a little yeah. and you sweat a little and it's just been stored in there like in your pituitary gland or
1: something. It's all this weed, it's all this LSD which <laughs> has no smell right. and uh and like so much booze that's still in there. Although the booze burns <laughs> off faster than the weed. Yeah. But here's the thing, here's the thing about me. My dad had a scent. It was not an unpleasant scent, but it smelled like him. He smelled like him. He did Mm -hmm. not smell like nothing. He smelled like David Morgan Roderick. And I too have a similar scent, which could be described, I guess, although it's a terrible word it could be described as a musk it's not an overpowering one but it is a scent now all of my things all of my clothes my sheets my pillows my whole house um has the it has my scent you can wash my pillows 10,000 times with bleach and the pillows would fall apart and the shards of fabric would still smell like me. There's no it cannot be. Now I've been I've been around you. Yeah. And it's this isn't
0: I just want people who haven't met you to they shouldn't be expecting you to be stinky. No. You were not you, you were not stinky.
1: No. No, no, no. It is a very subtle but very true to me smell mm. and my, uh, my understanding from people who are close to me and from people who have loved me and loved me deeply, uh, is that it is a, not only not an unpleasant one, but a comforting smell and one that, um, one that you can even bond with or that people <laughs> feel like connected to. Okay. Uh, because they can tell it's me, they can tell it's mine if they're wearing my shirt For instance, there's a sense of being close to me. So I've never felt like um, I'm unpleasant if I'm not adorned by various perfumes and chemicals, right? I've never used aftershave or cologne. I've never used antiperspirant or deodorant. I've just never used them not when I was a teenager and not now. And when I was a teenager, my feet smelled terrible. I should have been, I should have, well, I should have been cutting trail somewhere and not in polite society. Uh, but also that was because I didn't wear socks. So all of my shoes just smelled oh, like a teenager. God. Well, I didn't wear socks because I don't know. I just, uh, you know, I, the, I liked, um, I liked big, heavy, itchy wool socks in winter. And then the rest of the time I didn't wear any socks. But uh, if I'm working hard, and I catch this whiff of marijuana, I go take a shower. I don't. I don't inflict myself on the world. I like to take showers and baths.
0: Do you have like a, a like a? If you don't detect the smell, like a time, like a daily shower or bath, or is it every other day, or is it? It's simply on demand as needed.
1: It can't be every day because, because I prefer to take baths and I prefer to luxuriate in them. Mm. And so I can't spend three hours a day every day in a bath. Sure. So no, I mean, I space them out. If I go three days and haven't been in the bath or shower, I will put myself on notice like, Hey, it's been three days. And sometimes You know, I make it to day four, but it's not like I, I'm not somebody that just wanders around for 10 days without showering. I mean, it is not, it is not the commercial regimen. It is not, if I think if I went to work in an office every day, I would feel much more obligated to have my cubicle area be tidy and smell like daffodils. Huh. Um, because I would be working in close proximity to a lot of other people and I would appreciate it if they didn't smell. So I would, I would share in that. But you know, my career was go up on stage in a room where 80% of the people were smoking cigarettes, Mm -hmm. play a vigorous rock and roll set for two hours until, you know, I'm wet from head to toe then climb into a van and drive all night while everyone in the van is also smoking cigarettes. So there wasn't a feeling like, oh, I stink. It's like our lives stink. Right. We are are covered with alcohol, bleach, tobacco, (laughs) and, and sweat. And that's just, oh, and also we don't have that many changes of clothes and we're gone for weeks at a time. Um, so I didn't get into the habit of like time to go to work, time to put on some deodorant, but I, you know, even in high school, I didn't wear it and no one ever, I mean, I'm just like normal. Every once in a while, somebody will say, you know, somebody close to me, some girl will say, Ooh, you stink. Get in the shower. But that's usually an invitation. Oh, that's of not, course. You know, it's, they're, they're being, they're being, uh, cute. You know, there very infrequently. Does somebody say like, go take a shower and the people around me are, are close enough to me and are blunt enough that they would certainly, I mean, my sister relishes the opportunity to tell me to do something. (laughs) (laughs) If she had the opportunity to tell me to go take a shower, she would be. Yeah, she would consider that her, uh, she would embrace that duty. I am very conscious, Dan, of self-delusion. And I have tested this many times in order to rule out that I totally stink and am just living in a world where I've convinced myself that I don't stink. I've, I've. I've I've gone to independent sources many, many times and said, on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate my current stinkiness and my overall stinkiness? And the results are always the same. People say, well, you smell like you, but it's not bad. And I go, hmm, all right. And then I go again and say, but... Do I sometimes smell more like me than others? And they're like, "Well, yeah, you never really smell bad. Sometimes you smell like pot." <laughs> and I go, "This all comports <laughs> I'm with what I already you, know. It's,
0: it's stored up." <laughs> <laughs> and like, you just—you haven't done enough <clears throat> physical activity since you quit. To have completely purged it, I think. Or you did so much that it's like changed your DNA, and now essentially you are a pot plant now.
1: Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm not hundred percent sure. I smell pot all the time. And yeah. because pot well, you smells live like in Seattle, skunks. so well, there's that, right. <laughs> pot smells like skunks, and Seattle has skunks, but Seattle also has really skunky pot. And I guess that's, when I get really dirty, I think I smell skunky, Mm. which is a terrible word to, I mean, it's worse than musky. You don't want to smell skunky.
0: So when you're talking about the smell of weed, you're talking about, um, combusted weed as opposed to the weed in its unsmoked raw form.
1: No, I mean, really good weed can smell skunky just sitting on the vine. Absolutely. Um... I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll. I mean, we'll. We'll keep. I keep. I keep monitoring this, but all. All by way of saying, I do not have very many products. I have toothpaste. I have shampoo. Shampoo usually comes with conditioner, so I accept it. You use soap. I use soap. Although I used. Cheap soap until recently, and I had some guests who were not afraid to be blunt say, This soap is cheap. <laughs> and I <laughs> said, Well, what all is soap supposed to do? That like a bar of lye? It's supposed to moisturize, John. <laughs> well, that's the thing. So. <laughs> Some of these visitors have brought me fancy soaps. Now, I am allergic to detergents. And some fancy soaps are so smelly that I can't have them in the house. I, I, if they're in the bathroom upstairs, I can smell them when I'm in the yard. Like, ugh, there's so much lavender or chamomile or whatever coming from upstairs, or, or even that stuff that smells like. Almonds. Mm, I don't like Uh, that. I'm like, get this out of my house. I can't have it, but there are some smells, uh, or some soaps, which are mild and they have French names and they're stamped with Frenchy stamps, uh, which I can have in the house, which I like. I don't mind lemony soaps. I don't even mind lilac soaps if they're mild. Uh, my dad always used dr bon bronners bonners yeah, yeah yeah which smells terrible but it's fun to read the bottle and imagine what a what a nutcase he was and i don't know why my dad liked that stuff he also was pretty utilitarian he used brute 45 oh gosh uh but it was the 1970s and when i, I you never smell it anymore but that was the smell of like guys there was old spice there was brute 45 this was all green with that green that
0: green bottle yeah that unmistakable bottle with the long neck and the black spinner cap on top i gotta that'll be our show art i'll have to find a picture of that
1: yeah that's wonderful and my dad would just you know he just it was aftershave and he'd splash a little bit on and he smelled like that all day but it mixed with his own smell so it didn't just smell like brute 45 it smelled like Brute forty five mixed with my dad, a unique, a unique um, sort of I don't know potpourri Uh of different masculine scents. But I never took that up. For a little while in high school, I used uh, not Brill Cream, but I used Vitalis. (laughs) Yeah, really. And the the only reason I used (laughs) Vitalis was that I was like, my hair. It just looks like I'm wearing a like a bowl made out of straw and the other kids are using gel and things to make their hair stand up and look pointy and stuff. What do I do? And my mom said, well, when I was in high school, boys used Vitalis. And so I went and bought a that's that's, that would be called the the greaser look. Yeah. I mean, it's Vitalis is like half rubbing alcohol, half. (laughs) like cooking oil. Yeah. It's the, the worst. It's the worst thing you could put in your hair. So I would put it in my hair and then I would use a comb to comb it like <sighs> greasy over oh, to the side. God. And all the, all the kids in high school were like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Re- no, that's what I want to ask. But they said it every day about everything I did. What is wrong with you? And I would say, I don't know. I don't like gel. It's dumb. And I didn't know what I was talking about. I was just, I was just being difficult. What was wrong with me? Anyway, I think I still have that <laughs> bottle of Vitalis because I only used a tiny bit, and I think from I just school? kept the one from high school. Yeah, I think <laughs> I just kept putting it in every box when I moved from one bathroom to the next, and I'm pretty sure I still have it. And I, it's still like half full. It doesn't go bad. It's alcohol and cooking oil. I think the alcohol keeps the oil from going rancid. Anyway, I don't use it anymore. What, what, what I started using later was I was at the drugstore and I was going up and down the aisles just looking at all the products. Not entirely sure what I was looking for. And I came upon the section of products that black people use for their hair. Mm -hmm. And there was a can of pomade. 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 Pomade, yeah, that was called like I don't remember, I, I, I don't know, King's hairdressing or something like that. Uh-huh. And it was only five dollars, which was quite a bit less than the other stuff. And so I was like intrigued, like, what does this do? That what does it do? For, uh, African American hair that it wouldn't also do for me. Um, like, does it activate? I don't know what that means, but I see uh, on black hair products that it says it activates. Mm. I'm not sure what it is activating, (laughs) but I did definitely feel like you could activate my hair. (laughs) Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, activate it. Uh, Yeah. Why not? So I bought that stuff, and it is kind of uh, – it's the type of thing you put it in the you palm of your hand, and you rub your two hands together. And it's kind of waxy, but it but if you rub it together really fast until it gets warm, then it gets like oily. Oily wax is what I would call it. And so I put that a little bit in my hair, and it just means that when I go to brush my bangs out of my face, they stay – Mm. Brushed. They stay brushed out. So um, this is
0: what you're using presently.
1: Yeah. This uh, hair pomade that I don't, I can't remember exactly the name of it, but it's, it's uh, some kind of stuff that only costs
0: $5. And yes, we would like very much to say thank you to Squarespace. There's so much you can do with Squarespace. I'll give you some examples. You can turn your cool idea into a new website. You can showcase your work. You can blog or publish content. You can sell products and services of all kinds. You can announce an upcoming event or a special project. There's so much more that you can do with Squarespace. It features powerful e-commerce functionality, lets you sell anything online. You've got the ability to customize the look and feel, the settings, the products, and more with just a few clicks. It's amazing what you can do without knowing any HTML or CSS. And everything is optimized for mobile right out of the box. You know, everyone's looking on their smartphones now. Why build it just for a computer? Squarespace has you covered. There's built-in search engine optimization. You don't ever have to worry about patching or upgrading anything ever. They've even got 24-7 customer support that has won awards. It's really, really easy to get started. And they're encouraging you to make it. Make it yourself. Make it stand out. And do it all with Squarespace. So uh, head on over to squarespace.com roadwork. Just going there. Tells them that you are listening. it's a great way to support the show. And while you're there, check it out. Squarespace.com slash roadwork. Check it out. Sign up for the free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code roadwork. You'll get 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. That's right, because they they are a domain name registration company too. How cool. And you'll get 10% off all that at squarespace.com slash roadwork. Thanks very much to Squarespace for making this show possible.
1: The, all the other things just baffle me. What am I supposed to do with all that stuff? Yeah. Anyway, I don't have any of those things and I'd never, nobody ever taught me how to use them. I never learned. Every once in a while you and I have, or, or or some podcast uh, that I'm on is sponsored by some kind of men's grooming stuff. Mm. And so some arrives in the mail for me. And I put it on the shelf. I look at it. Sometimes I open it and it just smells like alcohol and something. Other times it's too strong and I feel allergic to it. Most of the time I just forget it's there. There's moisturizer in this house. I just keep forgetting that I have it.
0: And I'm feeling like you could probably you could probably update your routine a little bit.
1: I feel plenty moist.
0: Not just the moisturization part, I think, but maybe your, um. like, I'm not trying to get you to use products, because I'm of the belief that the fewer products you use, the better, and the less chemicals you expose yourself to, the better, and the traditional stuff that you would find in the grocery store at Target is full of chemicals, and so I support what what, you, what you're doing wholeheartedly. I just, I don't understand why if you had running water and access to something for shaving, like a cream or a gel or a, an oil, that you wouldn't want to do that, especially because everything about you, at least that I know of, and you even use the word today, luxuriating in a bath, I haven't taken a bath. I've showered billions of times, but I haven't taken a bath since I no longer had to take a bath, which is probably nine years old. <laughs> I think as an adult uh, post puberty, I've probably taken one to two baths, usually with the insist- an insistent woman forcing me to to do it with her. Oh, yeah a uh, romantic bath with, with as you know, as much reluctance as I would have doing, doing it anyway. But um, I've never been much of a bather Yeah, going in. I swam a lot as, as a kid, I was an excellent, very strong swimmer, swam daily for many, many, many years. So it's not being in the water that I have a problem with. I love scuba. I love snorkeling. Very natural place for me to be. But going into a bathtub, especially as a, as a as a so-called means to get clean, because you know you don't get very clean and soaking in your in your own sort of filth, um, showering is much much better way to get clean if that's your goal. But because you're all about luxuriating and enjoying, have you ever heard Merlin's? shaving routine it's no the, my god
1: do i want
0: to hear anything no, less no you I, shaving routine? i don't think you want to hear about it but it's it is yeah it's a very in-depth process hmm. he has he uses the old-fashioned uh shaving brush if i'm remembering right and he uses different kinds of razors and, and a whole process. I think he has one of those leather belts and a straight razor that he sharpens.
1: I mean, it's a whole, it's a whole thing that he does. I Eric of course, the drummer, or I'm sorry, why did I say that? The bass player of the long winters. Eric also uses a cup and a brush and a, yeah. this and a, that straight razor. I don't know. It all feels like, well, Dan, I do like to luxuriate, but I also believe that privation and, um, and autonomy are super important, not to build character, but as a component of character, uh, I feel like I assume there will come a day when I do not have access to shaving cream. So why? Would I get used to well, it?
0: That why? That's the, no, that's the crate. That's crazy. Why mm. would you say, well, one, you know, one day you might not have access to ice cream. But it's not going to stop you from putting it in your coffee. You know what? Well, and if that's the case, y- y- you should only eat or drink things that you can, com- you yourself can grow or farm and we'll, can guarantee you'll only be able to do that. Otherwise, you've got to get rid of, see, law, lawful neutral. you got to get rid of that rule. You can't yeah. have a rule like that. You can't have a rule like that. Well, I'm some not going to use shaving cream because maybe at one point in the future, I might not have access to shaving cream.
1: Yeah. I mean, Even in a post-apocalyptic
0: things, world, day, I still have those bo- containers of shaving cream up on the, on the walls of the, because no one's going to loot those. But well, you can but, do a lot with shaving cream. I'll tell you what, you get yourself some Barbasol. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just the classic, classic. It's probably a buck 50 everywhere, anywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's buck 50 for a, a contain container of it. And you're going to be able to, you can use, you can do so much with it. It's like, you can use it like soap. You can mm-hmm. put it in your hair and use it as your hair style. Mm-hmm. Instead of like, it works like a mousse i mean i would have no idea that this is true i never did that but i mean not since high school but it's a buck i'll give you the buck 50 i'll even order this and have it delivered to you i don't want any of this though i'll tell you what it's a buck 50 you could get you could you could get spend 20 bucks on this and you'll have enough shaving cream to last you the rest of your life so then you won't have an excuse of not having access to it. You put that down in your basement with your rotating food stuffs that you have for the post-apocalyptic time. No. It's like you're, you're living in a post-apocalyptic world, but only as it relates to shaving. No, not just shaving. Like if, I, if, if, the, if the apocalypse happened tomorrow, or if, if it was like a limited apocalypse where it was like we we're just off the electrical grid and maybe had no water or something like that, I wouldn't shave with no razor. I would just grow, grow a full beard no matter how it looked because I'm a barbarian at that point. I'm killing everybody, so it doesn't matter. But I'm not going to – I would never – the idea of, first of all, of using a disposable razor, forget that. That's, yeah. that's just plain crazy.
1: Yeah, but real razors cost like $40. They're crazy. I mean, it's bananas how much razors are. They're kept in a special part of the drugstore because people shoplift
0: them. Yeah, yeah, there's (laughs) expensive razors. I use an electric razor. Have you ever considered
1: using an electric razor? Mm, That's another thing that costs money that you have to keep, you have to maintain, you have to plug it in. You do.
0: All these things. You do, you can't just throw it away when you're, oh, I mean, I suppose you could just throw it away after you've used it once, but, but yeah, you do. That you would do. be decadent. It, you know, the nice ones come with a little, like a base station and you mm. just chuck it in the base station. It cleans it for you. It charges it for you. And it's right there. And the next time you won't, you're ready to shave, you pull it out. It's ready to go. That feels like an eel to me. It isn't. It isn't like an eel. It feels like an eel. It's not like an eel. I'm you not know, sure like, what that even means, but I can tell you it's not like an eel. I ate eel in South Korea and it was nothing, shaving is nothing like that.
1: No, I mean like a remora.
0: Oh, something but, that, that sucks onto you and like yeah. you're a shark in the ocean? Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. Something
1: it's that something, you're saying
0: that it, it um, the things you own, own you, Tyler Durden type stuff?
1: <laughs> sort of. Okay. But... but But, you know, like it just, it's one more thing. It's just one more thing. Sometimes I don't put salt on my food because I need to be prepared for a time (laughs) when salt (laughs) becomes an expensive commodity. Uh (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's all just part of a general policy of not being blackmailable. I don't want to be blackmailed and uh my my antidote to being blackmailed is to not have any secrets and not need anything because I feel like if you need stuff then you can be extorted because the person says I have the thing you need and if you want it, you have to do this. And so I try not to need anything so that no one can ever. Oh, I love own that. Me. No,
0: I, I, I'm 100% along those lines, understanding that, you know, that, that, yeah. that you don't, you don't want to be beholden to anyone for anything. Yeah. You'd rather do it yourself or know that you could do it yourself or be used to doing it yourself. Right. Right. Now, what, let me ask you this question. You you travel a lot. You go, to a, you go to a hotel, and in the hotel room, they usually have, at least a lot of hotel rooms, they'll have a little disposable razor in there. Sometimes they have little shaving cream and other things like that. Have you ever thought about splurging and just going crazy using one of those in the bathroom in the hotel?
1: Because um, there's gonna... a lot of
0: things you do in a hotel that you wouldn't normally do if there was an apocalypse happening
1: when I'm in a fancy hotel, what I do when there's really good soap yeah. is I put the soap in my bag and I give it to a lady friend mm. because I know that soap is a commodity um, that people want and they like. And so if I find some, cause I, you know, I stay in hotels sometimes that have like, soaps that are brand name yeah soaps and i say all right well uh i'll grab this soap and, uh, and you I'll would like, never use it yourself well i mean i oh well, if i'm in a if i'm in a hotel and i need to wash my hair i use there I use their soap, their fancy shampoo. But I don't if oh if I open it and use it, then I don't put it in my bag and take it with me. The the commodity value of little mini fancy shampoos is is only if it is un unopened, unwrapped. It's basically just like a Star Wars figure. You don't want to you want it in its original packaging. Um And so, you know, like I used to stay at the Chateau Marmont a lot and they had their own cool little branded, uh, shampoo. And so I would always bring that home and, you know, and give it out when it seemed needed. Um, or when it, when it, when it was a, when it was like a gift that would be appreciated. But no, no, I don't, I don't, um, I don't want, I don't want anybody to, I don't want there to be any leverage. Sometimes I wash my hair with the, with a bar of soap just to remind, just 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 to remind (laughs) myself that. That, um, well, and also I think to remind myself that I don't deserve nice things (laughs) Uh just in case I get into that mode where it's like, I deserve nice things.
0: Well, first of all, I think everybody deserves nice things, but uh, second of all, it sounds to me like you're amicable to soap. You're amicable to soap. Soap is okay in your book.
1: If it is not like super perfumed or if it doesn't require, I mean, fancy soaps, I understand that bars of lie are bad soaps. <laughs> yeah. I understand that just getting like the cheapest soap at the drugstore is not very kind yeah. to yourself and that like a like a more gentle soap is is good. And I don't know why I don't know why I came to that understanding or why I allow for that but I guess it's that a bar of soap makes sense to me. And if you've made one out of nicer things, I guess that makes sense to me a uh, soap in a bottle or quote unquote body wash. You can go fuck yourself with body wash. Oh, really? if I, oh when I'm in a hotel and it's like body wash, I, I spit on the floor.
0: Body I totally wash. agree with you on that. I do not like body wash. It doesn't wash anything. It doesn't no. lather.
1: What it's, even is it?
0: I'll tell you what I I think it is and I'm probably going to get a lot of emails about this. Um but I I'll go out on a limb. I feel like we can be honest with our listeners. I think body wash is a is a product geared toward women because hmm. uh men I think especially men who have any body hair at all we need we need real soap we need something that lathers ferociously mm-hmm. and and if you've ever seen the movie gattaca where he's like scrubbing himself in the little chamber shower you know that scene where he's he's just he's just because he has to get rid of all the like extra dna that's on him i don't want to spoil well, the movie oh sure i uh, i know that scene but you know like you want as a man, you want to thoroughly scrub yourself and you need lathering. You need a, a tremendous amount of lather. I think for women, they seem to like body wash more. They like a mm. liquid soap, and then they have those things. And this is this is the secret to this. Body wash isn't meant to be used alone. You don't just like mm-hmm. if you if you have a bar of soap, I suggest a washcloth, lather that thing up and go crazy with it. But if you don't, you can make do with just your hands and soap as a man. In a shower, you can do that. Uh, but women don't do this, John. Women are always exfoliating things. And so they have these strange, like a, um, it's like a, a plasticky ball of mesh. Like imagine if you had like a fishing net as with small holes, not like when you'd be catching like tuna in but a small, like if you're trying to catch minnows or something, a mesh, like almost a screen. And you just crunched this up, scrunched it up, and tied a string in the middle of it and to keep it in a sort of a ball. This is what women wash themselves with. And so they pour the body wash on this thing and then they scrub their whole body with that thing. That's what the body wash is for. As a man, if you do that, you'll pollute... The mesh, the thing with uh, body hair, which is disgusting. You have to throw it away. Also, it's unpleasant. So women don't usually have that problem. And so that's why that's what the body wash is for. It goes on that thing. And then they rub that all over
1: themselves. You are going to get some letters.
0: But this is, this is factual. I'll be getting letters from people saying, thank you. That's correct. You're right. Oh uh-huh okay i'll we'll, if we get any we'll address them on the on the um on the uh, the bonus show uh-huh. oh and but mm-hmm. i just want i just want to plug the bonus show again oh if yeah I, if me i too. may i want to th- say thank you very much to our supporters it's at patreon dot com mm-hmm. uh slash roadwork is where you go to support the show and uh we currently have eight hundred and eighty two of the most amazing people supporting us. And that's fantastic. It really really is. is. It really is amazing. And we appreciate it. So, so I'll put that into the show notes if you want to, but what you get, if you go there and, and give us as little as a dollar, shame on you. If you're only giving us a dollar, (laughs) but we still appreciate it. It's better than, than nothing. Um, what you get is not only are you like super cool, uh, but you get the bonus shows that we do almost every week. And, uh, and, and what we do a lot of the time is we'll take listener email and we will read it and answer it. And man, John, do we have a big one this week? This is, this is, a I don't know how the show's going to turn out, but do we have a big email in there that we're going to have to address? I think you know the one I mean.
1: Well, I'll tell you, Dan, I am, I am surprised pleasantly surprised by how much i enjoy doing the after hours thing and it's partly or maybe it's a majority uh that there's just that much more to talk about that i that just isn't for everybody it's not for everyone and if you're really interested and you want it then it's available and i just like I just like talking even more candidly, and it's a place where I I think we're as candid as we are anywhere. Oh yeah, much more candid than on our normal show oh, or yeah. on any other show. I do. see. Yeah,
0: I was taking a risk by talking about the the body wash on the regular show. It's on the on the after show. That's nothing. Who cares? Yeah,
1: I mean, well, we're just we're we're talking about our intimate uh, uh, you know ablutions. Yeah, here. Uh, even though my ablutions are generally just like sitting in the bath and working on my bath desk. Right. Not, I don't ablute with that many things. But yeah, the uh, the other side of this uh, unfortunate paywall, which, I, which I'm sorry about, but yeah. honestly, it works to the advantage of that side of the show. It works to the advantage of it because we can presume that there are no reporters... For pitchfork, who are willing to pay, let's just say $5 to go over there just because they're not, that's just not how they think, right? They're not going to pay to expose us. They're going to stay on their side of the fence. That's right. Keep them, keep them over there. Yeah. So screw them. Screw anybody that's, screw anybody from vice that's doing some tricky trick. Uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, join us over there if you want. It's, uh, it's neat, but it's also neat right here. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever, if I've ever fully, you know, I think I, I think I kind of brag about not using products because, but I, but it is also something that is intimate to me because of this thing of not wanting to be beholden. And I'm, beholden to like gas stations and to AT and fucking T I'm fairly beholden now to Google and Apple because I just, I just got sucked in. Yeah. But you know, when I was at this Montessori school today, I looked around and I was like, wait, there are no computers in here. And the teacher said, well, if the, if we want the kids to use computers, they can go to the public library, which is only a couple of blocks away. We all have library cards, but you know, we don't need computers in here. We're working on things like knitting. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Real, real skills. I never learned to knit. I would love to knit. I love knitted garments. Can you imagine if I could just sit and knit myself a sweater? How many rad sweaters I would have. I mean, I would, of course, all my friends would be like, not another scarf, but if I needed to knit something, I wouldn't, I don't need to knit something for my grandkids. I would sit and knit myself colorful sweaters with devils on them and stuff. I mean, I already have very cool sweaters, but I would be like the king. I'd be the, the sweater king of Chicago.